Welcome to Just Bricks, brought to you by Kick It Forward and Sporting News. I'm your host, Josh Gallup, for another huge episode, episode three, guys. Congratulations for making it so oh, far. Yes. Oh, we have a very guys. special guest this week. I tell you what, you're like we talk it up every week. Bryce Cotton last week. Also, just side note, Bryce Cotton dropped 41 on Friday. You're welcome. Did we say it was because we G'd him up? Well, you think there was a coincidence. The world is too busy for coincidences. Congratulations, Bryce Cotton. A huge hand. We'll get to that in a second. But this week on the podcast, we have NBA fantasy expert and lead analyst for the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. Podcast, Josh Lloyd. Big, you're a big fan. I Georgia. actually can't tell you how excited I am. Yeah, um, yeah. This is the guy that I listen to more than our own podcast when the Spotify rap comes out. Wait, you listen to yourself? That's pretty weird. You you listen to the pod? That's not in my no, top I'm, five. I'm in. I'm, I'm doing in it. it. I'm in well, it. Well, oh yeah, but you're constantly consuming. Why do so. I? Need well, to? I mean, I just think that's a bit narcissistic, a bit weird by you. I just said I don't listen to. But me you anymore. are excited for the day. I am very excited uh, to hear what Josh Lloyd says. That's coming yes. up in the podcast. Yes, Harry. The amount of calls I got during the week going, Harry, I didn't know you're so like knowledgeable at basketball. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> hell? You and jo- you're like running the show over there at Just Fricks. Like, well done. <laughs> Someone, um, some one listener said he would very much appreciate your naivete. Oh, yeah, okay. Do yeah. you want me to keep asking good questions? I actually do, I do, because yeah. like sometimes, you know, some mm. people don't know. You know, this is where you get your basketball fix. Hopefully, if you are a Kick It Forward fan, potentially Sporting News fan, and you want to talk a bit more basketball in, um, let's hope, a bit of a light-hearted way, this is the way you do it. Harry, you're bringing that. I'm going to uh, just hook something that we're going to speak about probably very soon. <laughs> okay, I've, cool. I've got something for you this way. What? Yeah, I've got something for you this way. Yeah, yeah. Does it have anything to do with these notes here? <laughs> Because his notes, his notes are just basketball. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's something. I've got something exciting. Oh, well, it's in it's in white on yeah, a white yeah. page, and you just highlight it when you yeah. highlight it. Okay, no, let, let, just throw it to me whenever you wanted like something cool to happen. Bryce Cotton, we said 41 points on Friday night. Huge game against the Sydney Kings, who've you know they've got battled a lot the last couple of years, but he just was unstoppable in the second half. It was unbelievable. <laughs> One of the best tickets in town. We weren't there, but I mean we were across the road at a pub, but. Uh, yeah, apparently a very, very good game. I was, Unbelievable. I was watching the highlights. He looked like prime Bryce Cotton. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He really has a plateau since arriving at the NBL. just eight years of dominating. They, they beat Sydney. So now they're six wins in a row. They're pushing for that top spot. Yeah, a lot of movement in the NBL right now, as in there's the bottom teams potentially being the top teams and... It really is any week, anything can happen. Head to the NBA now. The in-season tournament continues. The quarterfinals today, first two today. Uh, a couple upsets. Uh, how have you found the in-season tournament so far, Harry? Well, I was really excited about the trophies that they unveiled for the in-season tournament. Oh, okay. Uh, these are bloody exciting. Okay. You weren't expecting this. No, yeah, no, look at these, look at these trophy, amazing. This is for the, the championship trophy. Look at that royal thing. You might, uh, you might want to go and Google it if you're podcasting this right now. Oh, that looks like... What, um, that what looks did you like, say, Georgia? Yeah. Yeah, that looks like Sauron's eye, like if there was an eye. Well, the NBA Finals trophy is like a classic as well, but that's pretty cool too. They've really put a lot of effort in. I feel like they are... The NBA themselves, like they're always adding awards. There's uh, like the NBA Conference Finals awards now and things like that. It's a sterling silver trophy coated in 24 karat gold and black ceramic, 23 inches high, please. Okay, what about this one? This one's... I'm not sure about this one. MVP trophy. Looks like... Looks like an Emmy. Looks like, well, there's the basketball, like the uh, rubber yeah. little bit. I like the it. The outline. I like it. Yeah, I'll, I'm the trophy. It's quirky. It's t- okay, so. Okay, the um, the medals for the, uh, you get medals. the players for the yep, championship team. That's pretty cool. Okay, tournament all tournament team trophy. It's a basketball. Okay, Ooh, shiny. Like a ceramic basketball. Yeah. But the weird thing with the in-season tournament is, like, apart from the very final... The wins count towards your um, 
record, like yeah, I East and West record, which I don't is think very odd. Out. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, some Australian news. Daniel Moldovan, do you know who he is, Harry? No. So he's one of the bigger names in Australian basketball because he represents uh, a lot of the biggest Australian sporting uh, basketball names, like Josh Giddy, uh, Dyson Daniels. He also represents a bunch of others. Amongst He's a, a member of an agency, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he was allegedly, and this is according to Fox Sports and also Code Sports, um, fired for comments about the Israel-Hamas uh, war. That's, and he was firing off on Twitter very, very strong words, which, I mean, I'm not going to comment on that in itself. But he's been fired. So that's a, bit, it's a big shake-up in the Australian basketball landscape because this guy who... Kind of has a big say in a lot of the big decisions with our biggest players now no longer represents them. So they're still it's represented by the same group, but potentially he was the one that potentially brought them into it. So that's one to watch as well because, you know, this might leave an opportunity to go to a different group. So there's a job up for grabs. Are you saying you're going to put your hand up? Well, if you don't want to, I will. Yeah, well, okay. I will. <laughs> Before we move on, I came across an Instagram post showcasing some of the weirdest and best names in college basketball. Okay. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rattle off a few. This yeah. guy's name, always right. Oh, okay. Okay, hang on a sec. Okay, yep. So wait, does the, your brain's over here. Tell me what your brain's here with this joke. Would you go to always wrong or always left? No, the ironic thing is he's left-handed. Or would you go to never never right or never left or never wrong? Yeah, yeah. I'd say, I'd say never incorrect. Yep, sure, sure, sure. Um, how's he I'm, playing? All right. Problem with him though, he will never take um, feedback. Yeah, I know. Imagine getting an argument. <laughs> uh, coach is like, listen, you need to work on your right hand, and he'll be like, uh, uh, check my name shut tag. the fuck up. Check my name How tag. about this guy's name? A million bugs. How many? <laughs> A million bugs. We've also got Tennessee Rainwater, mm-hmm. uh, assistant coach. <laughs> Hang on, Tennessee Rainwater. I love it. Assistant coach Dick Bender. Right. Good on mm. yep. Freshman at Olympia High School, Jizzle James. Jizzle James. Well, JJ. You know, he's always first out the gate. Georgetown Ford, Supreme Cook. Chris Cross, George Washington Third. No, uh, how you can't. George Washington. Tony Tony, but, but his surname is Tony with an E. Jeez, e. George y. Washington had a big break. How about this one? <laughs> Wooga Poplar uh, and Boo Booey. Boo Booey, big. Oh, he's actually meant to be really good. I was saying Boo Booey. There's also Rocket Watts. I like that one. All right. Without further ado, here's Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Uh, Josh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Not a problem, guys. It's uh, it's good to be here. It's good to uh, it's good to be chatting with you guys after seeing so much of the work that you guys have done. It's uh, it's exciting for me as well to be talking to you guys. <laughs> okay, that's um. Okay, that's not true. You can cut uh, that out. You can cut <laughs> that out. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, Josh, uh, for those that don't know, tell us a bit about you, what you do. And I'd also like to know how you got into it, how you got to this stage right now. I know you've spoken about it previously, but like, how did you get to the point where you're the guy that people turn to for all their fantasy basketball know-how? Um, okay, so what I do now, I've got a couple of roles. So I, I host a podcast also as a, as a video so on YouTube, and we basically just cover everything regarding fantasy basketball across the NBA. So it's it's a bunch of different stuff. You know, we're recapping games and previewing stuff and all the standard stuff that you do for fantasy, who you're adding and trading, all that sort of stuff. And we do that 365 days of the year, basically. I also work for another company called Basketball Monster where I'm the, the lead analyst there and we do like fantasy projections. So like every day we're projecting out everyone's stats and for the season and making those adjustments of who's playing what minutes and what numbers they're going to put up. So that's the work that, that I do. Those two things, they sort of obviously marry together, but that's that's what I do. So that's my whole that's my full-time job. That's my life is, is doing that. How I got into it, um, when was it? Probably back 2013, 2014, I, I would say. I was just looking for something sort of extra 
the dude because I didn't as many others, I didn't particularly enjoy the job that I was doing and it was a little bit, you know, tedious. Thought, right, look, let's do something with sport. Like I've always been interested in doing that yeah, through my life and, and playing and watching sports. So I thought, you know, I've had a bit of success success playing fantasy basketball. So I just decided to to write like a blog, just bought a website and just started writing stuff just before the 2013 season and got some bit of traction there and then basically just sent it out to some editors for some other fantasy basketball sites. Like, hey, what do you guys think? And a guy by the name of Kyle McEwen, who worked at RotoWire at the time, said, hey, it's pretty good. Um, do you want to come and work for us? So I, I did a like two years or so working for them, writing you know with the player info blurbs that when you're playing on Yahoo and ESPN that comes up and this guy scored this and here's what you do. So I, I wrote those once a week. And then that just kept growing and growing. I started a podcast and then I got the job with Basketball Monster and then with the Locked On Podcast Network starting, David Locke approached me to be be one of the founding guys on that and just everything just kept growing and growing from there. Josh, what is it with like fantasy and this basketball fantasy NBA obsession in Australia specifically? Like, have you seen it grow? I mean, I picked it up in kind of 2017 and then like so many others just fell down this rabbit hole of like, statistics and just like wanting to know every player and like who's the next pickup and now you know seven years later I'm in you know my eighth season of fantasy like what is it about Australians and getting into NBA fantasy that you've seen it's a really good question because we are really big into it like it's a huge audience there's a lot of people who actually do like analyst work that are in Australia as well um I, I think there's a obviously basketball is a popular sport in Australia the NBA has been popular here for you know 30 years or whatever since the, the, the early 90s in Jordan and that's sort of grown with those people who got really pushed into the NBA when that like like me like when I was you know, 10 11 and now they're 30 40 years old so they're pushing into that prime you know 18 to 45 male demographic of of doing that and the NBA runs as such an interesting sport and interesting league like everything is so like I don't know how to like everything is so it's not rigid but it's like we know what's happening there's systems in place we can play the role of hey I'm a GM for this team and I'm doing this move and you shouldn't do this move and we know all the ins and outs of the no secret formulas of how things are determined and weird draft rules and all this sort of stuff that happens in a lot of the sports here. And I just think that it's, it's fun. It's, it's glitzy. They know how to put on a show. And of course we love sport and you know, there, there may be some gambling culture in Australia. That's a part of it as well, I'm guessing. <laughs> and that all sort of just mixes together to a, a league that is so well, well run as in general, um, popular promotes itself. Well, with a sport that's popular here and it all ties in together. And I think that that's sort of what's led to it, but I haven't really considered that question, but it is interesting how popular it is here and how much of this continues to grow. Yeah. So, you know, we've got 60,000 plus on the locked on fantasy basketball show. Um, Are you the guy the that meme at the party says no one here realizes that I've got um, a really strong Australian NBA basketball fo- fantasy following? And what sort of weird interactions have you had in the street where you know you've just passed the guy that actually watches you four times a day? That's it's happened a few times. So yeah, I think that a lot of people don't realize that it's different. You go because every, every year, not every year, most years, I try to head across to, to NBA summer league. Like the season's not on, I can catch up and meet a bunch of media people and everyone there. Not everyone, but there's lots of people there who recognize me and talk to me and that's fine but i think over here like people don't realize what i do that my my family included so we're out for dinner <laughs> at just like a, a dumpling place down the road right with with my mum for her birthday a couple of weeks ago and we're eating dinner and just about to get up to leave and there's this table at the side sort of looking across what's going on here okay and then this guy gets up and goes josh oh big fan could you mind if i take a photo and my the whole table all just all just pissing themselves, all just laughing. Go, why would they want to take a photo with you? I go, 
because I don't know, I, I guess people know who I am. And then he's standing there and he's all nervous and shaking. And I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like, we're, we're, eating, we're eating dumplings on a, on a Monday street here. Like, I think we're okay. But they didn't, like my family don't realize that. And when that happens, it's, it's, it's weird for me, but it has happened more. But when other people see it, they're like, ah, oh, Okay, I, I guess people do know who you are. I, we're getting some basketball questions because it's been a very in- interesting NBA season so far. Who's the your favorite player who's probably objectively a bad basketball player, but from a fantasy standpoint, he's an absolute win? And who's the, the vice versa of that? Who's the guy that you're, you love watching as a player, but he's, you'd never pick him up in your fantasy team? It's a good question. I reckon if we go his, historically on this, is always a great answer because you go back to those uh, process sixes teams, right? There's a guy by the name of Tony Roten who'd go out there and just just try all crossovers through the leg dribbles. He'd like, track the rim and he was like, no, I'm not going to lay it up. I'm going to try and kick it back out so I can take a step back three. And he put up huge numbers, but he was honestly just the worst player to watch. But because <laughs> he put up big numbers, he was great for fantasy. And you'd watch it and you go, all right, this is great, but this is going to last about six months and then he's going to have no career. And I think I think he's playing in China now at the moment, which is yeah, the, the standard for those things. So that's the sort of player, which I guess is a little bit like Russell Westbrook last season even as mm-hmm. well. Because from a, like a fantasy points league perspective, he was like a top 60 player and there's no one in the world who would tell you he was a top 60 NBA player last season. Like he was actively harmful every time he was on the court, basically, for the Lakers. And that's that sort of... um that dichotomy there is that this guy's putting up numbers and look at these things. And then you watch him play and you go, oh, I, I, I can't, I can't watch this anymore. This is like just disgusting to see everyone sort of standing around and being in the wrong position. Another guy like that was Rondo actually end of career Rondo where he's just trying to hunt assists and he just pass up every open shot he can and try and get someone to come in. So he can just give him the assist and they can look at me. I've got my big assist numbers. And that was always <laughs> frustrating to watch on the, um on the flip side of a guy who was, who's probably, you know, that I, that I enjoy that's not really great at fantasy. I'm not really sure who that is. There's, there is a few of those players. Like someone like John Moran and Zion Williamson aren't particularly strong in fantasy leagues like because of the, the issues they can have sometimes with shooting numbers, um, lack of defensive stats. But yeah, when you watch like when you watch Zion on the court and he's rolling, like who's, who stops him? Like it's really, really hard to, for someone to get in the way and stop that. But yeah, he's not going in the first round or second round. He goes in like the 50s or 60s of fantasy drafts and that doesn't add up to the, the talent on the court. If you could pick... Uh, in a fantasy draft, you could have any player from any year. Who's your number one pick? Okay, this is there's really crazy numbers back in the '80s. So it's going to come down to three guys. I think I think it's '86 Larry Bird, '87 uh, Jordan, and I, th- I can't remember the year. I think it's like maybe it's '92 when he averaged like four blocks a game and two steals and like six assists, twelve rebounds, and something like that. It's probably Bird though in that '86 season where. He was, yeah, he averaged like nine, nine and a half rebounds, eight and a half assists and steals and blocks and scoring. He was, and he played 40 minutes a night. It's either him or Jordan, I would say, from those 86, 87 seasons. How close has like Jokic this year come to those numbers? Yeah, I was just going to say like Jokic from not even this year, probably, probably last season is not far off. And same as Harden from like the 18, 19 season when he averaged oh, like yeah. 36 with 12 assists and you know two steals and 10 rebounds or something. They're not, they're not that far off. They're actually pretty close. Jokic, I don't know if it was the last year, it might've been the year before actually two years ago where Jokic just destroyed everybody. So he, I, he probably would be like almost top five, I would say. Mm. Are, there, are there any indicators that you've picked up from a fantasy standpoint or your own statistics uh, that are worrying for you from the Nuggets so far or for any, any other team that uh, was potentially thought of uh, having a good year this year. But, you know, the, is there anything that you've noticed that probably you're a bit worried about that hasn't been picked up potentially by like mainstream media yet? The, the Nuggets is an interesting. Obviously, not, they're not dominating at the moment, but 
losing Jamal Murray for this amount of time has hurt a lot and their bench was basically all brand new and they had to sort of work in some rookies and that didn't really work out. I'm not particularly concerned about that, but that that was a concern heading into the season. Like how do they replace, replace the loss of Bruce Brown and, and Jeff Green, who you don't think of like super important players, but they were and those young guys haven't really stepped up. So they've had to go to like, you know, 37 year old Justin Holiday now to try and give him minutes to sort of stabilize um, what they did. I think this season that's more though, not necessarily the teams that, that are worrying, but it's the, the rise of the younger teams that's so far, like your Orlando and Minnesota and OKC. Like these are three teams who hold three of the top four seeds across both conferences. So like, I don't think many people would have expected that. We said, oh, maybe Minnesota can be good. Maybe this is the year for the Thunder, but they've all done a bunch of stuff that has been impressive and it doesn't look it doesn't look 100% fluky. So I think it's probably more on that side. The Warriors is the, the one that you have to worry about because Wiggins, I don't know what's going on with him. Clay looks like he's just never going to get back to being the, the same guy. Curry's doing amazing things and they still can't win games. And that's a huge that's a huge red flag, I think, with him. And, and I don't really think – it's been talked about a little bit, but I don't think it's really been talked about a huge amount, just how in trouble they uh, they could be. What have you made of the Australians so far this year? Giddy's having a down year. He's obviously had a lot of um, off-court – stuff going on right now Dyson Daniels and then Paddy Mills can't even get on the court um out of all the Australians playing who's been the standout what's been something that you've noticed amongst uh the Australian cohort yeah I'd say that the majority of the Australians have sort of regressed a little bit this season even someone like Jock Landale who played pretty well last season he's really struggled in Houston and he he's been kicked out of the rotation now Paddy Mills I don't think has played a single minute in Atlanta it's honestly, it's it's is it is it Joe Ingles? No, it probably is Dyson Daniels who's been the best. Um, Josh Green's been okay, but hasn't really taken a step forward. But even Daniels in today's game for the Pelicans, like they just didn't play him. They he played like five minutes or something yeah. with all their guys healthy. He's sort of been moved to the back end of the rotation. So the guy who's got the most consistent role is probably either Green or or Ingles. I would say. Even Duop Wraith hasn't hasn't been too bad. But don't, you again, don't expect that from Duop, but even Giddy, like uh, against that uh, yeah. the Dallas OKC game, he sat out like all the clutch moments of that yep. the final quarter. It seems like they've seem lost a bit of confidence in him. Yeah. And that's been happening quite a bit actually this season. Like he's just minutes keep going down and down. And with the guys that they've got coming off the bench, like Wallace and Joe, they're just relying upon those guys a little bit more and it's it's looking great for him at the moment he's definitely obviously there's there's a lot of stuff going on off the court as you said and that's i'm sure weighing on him but his play has just been poor basically all season and it's and they're sort of just going away from it and getting other guys into the mix who are who are serving them pretty well it's hard to argue with the results that like there are many leagues around the world that will play such a uh physical intense game like two days in a row, the back-to-backs, you know, load management. What are your thoughts on sort of like modern NBA? And pe- people that call it like soft, I know I get riled up by it because it's like, it's insane how often they play and how much they play. Yeah, it annoys me a, a, a ton because they're like, oh, what are you doing? You're just you're running up and down for 40 minutes. Like, that is ridiculous stress on their body. Like, flying and the lack of sleep. Like, you know, they get into a city at 4 a.m. and they try and sleep through the middle of the day and get up and play at night, which already screws up your, your body clock. But the back-to-backs are ridiculous. And someone sent me this study that was done you know, four or five years ago, maybe, saying that the, in, the chance of an injury increases by 20% on the second game of a back-to-back. And that risk increases the older you are and the shorter the shorter the player is as well. So those those smaller guys who are doing more of the fast stop-start sort of movements, 
it, it, it increases that injury by a significant amount. And you see it all the time. Like all these teams that play on a back-to-back, they get smashed. Like they don't, they don't have it. The travel kills them. The stress on their body is ridiculous. And now you've got all these people, which I think is really irresponsible, people who even work for the NBA doing things like on NBA radio or putting out press releases for the NBA saying, well, you know, they've got to play every night. They're, they're all being soft and none of them want to play. I think it's ridiculous because that's clearly not true. And it's so detrimental to, A, the quality of the game, the quality of the game moving forward, because if they go out there and get hurt, then they're not available for four weeks. Would you rather miss one night in December or miss five weeks and play all through the season? And the more you're out there, the more risk there is. But in these situations where your body's fatigued, your mind is fatigued, I think everything would tell you that that's not a good idea. If they just remove back-to-backs, so many problems would be solved. Like Injuries would go down significantly. Quality of play would go up. Uh, Intensity of play would increase as well. But, yeah. It's money. Like that means they have to come to some sort of agreement with the players to push the season out longer, meaning they have to do negotiations in a CBA or they have to cut out games and they lose money. So they're not going to do it, even though that is the glaring thing that, and they allow their players to get blasted by ill-informed media people. So I, I do, I try and push back on it all the time. And of course, all the, all the, not all the people, a lot of people, you know, go, oh, what are you talking about? You're just defending the players. They're so soft back in the old days. Yeah. But back in the old days, have you watched the game? Everyone stands around and does nothing and they just walk and no one jumps and they don't guard out to the three-point line. It's it's a completely different game now than it was 20 years ago. And the stress on the body is insane and it just doesn't lead to a good product. Yeah, you're right. It, it's funny actually even saying that, like the way you train growing up and the way they train now with the amount of reps they get. Um, this is just all anecdotal, but we, we were playing a basketball tournament with some Melbourne players uh, over the summer, uh, over the winter rather, and they were saying that all the Category B signings for the AFL teams that they get in, all their joints are just fucked from basketball, from um, comparatively. Yeah. And these are guys that have played a lot of a lot of Aussie rules. Now we won't. We're, we're trying not to keep you too long, but uh, I think Georgia's got a quiz for you. Now this is to test your stat skills. I know you're a very big stats man, all right. um, all and right, and go. he's taught you up. But um, are, you, are you ready to compete? I'm ready. I've got, I'm looking straight down the barrel here. No screens. No <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to go. Okay, cool. What is, and to the, you know, more decibels, the better. What is Luka Doncic's okay. free throw percentage for this season? For, okay, well, I, 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 let's know it down. It's between 70 and 80. I think it's like 75.2. Or 76 it is. You are 1% off, 1% off. Not bad, not bad. What's Number two, number two, let's get into it. All right, it. which player averages the most minutes per game this season? Uh, that is Fred Van Vliet. Or Tyrese Maxey. I think he was second or third. Van oh, yes. Because Van Vliet started slow, but then he's played 41 in a row for about five games straight. Yeah, yeah, right, Maxey, yep, cool. Okay, see how, how close you can get to points, rebounds, and assists Scotty Barnes averages this season. Hmm, okay. So Scotty Barnes rebounds, they're much higher this season. They were high early. They dropped. I think he's at, hmm, I think he's at about... 19 and a half points. I'm going to say nine rebounds and five and a half assists. Nailed it. I actually nailed it. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, really? There we go. That's great. There we go. Brilliant. Okay, this one's tough. How many three-pointers has Zion hit this season? Okay, so it's, it's a very low number. It's... I'm going to say it's three. Oh, two. Two. Oh. Bloody close. Far out. Um, hey, one more curly one before we go. We talk a bit on our pod right. about um, 
funny fantasy punishments. Have you heard any obscure, hilarious, ridiculous losing fantasy punishments? Or if they looped you in in some way as well? Like, is there any you've been involved with or you've heard that around NBA fantasy that you found amazing? I, so I sent... I was trying to think. I can't think of anything really good that, that I've particularly witnessed. So I sent a tweet out a bit earlier today when you sent me this question, and two really stood out to me. Someone sent me this one. It was called, what was it, 5, 10, 15? And it's, you got to do, it's 5, 10, or 15. It's either it's beer, donuts, or kilometers in running, and you've got to okay. choose, you can do whatever one you want. So you're going to have five beers and eat 15 donuts and then run 10Ks or run <laughs> 5Ks, but with 15 beers and eating 10 donuts. You got to do that one. So I thought that was a good one. The other one was um, these guys in Melbourne had a league and the loser has to fly to Darwin. They the, All the league chips in flies him up there, but then he's got to get back using public transport only. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, they said that one. I, mean, I, I don't even know how you'd approach that. How would you get back from Darwin on public transport? How long would it take? Uh, I feel like it would take a week at least. What's the north-south train? I don't know. I always remember it's like the, yeah, the, the, Garn the Garn or something. The, yeah, the Garn down yeah, the Garn. and it's uh, yeah. maybe a treacherous journey through... Uh, Snowtown and South Australia, Mount Gambia and stuff. Um, we had a guy that had a list of inconveniences that him and his mates had assembled over like 20 years. And it was just mm. things that from like, you had to eat an entire block of cheese over a week, like Ooh. just by yourself and things like that. So Josh, uh, thanks so much for those that are uh, fantasy newcomers or nuffies. Check out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast and their YouTube as well for all their stuff. Thanks so much, Josh. Cheers, Josh. No problem, guys. Thank you. Thank you.